I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into a Fish Fry Friday here on the show. We are back and added after a day off yesterday. Um, We had to do some real critical thinking and real digging for numbers and facts and figures, and sometimes that's more important than putting a show together just to put a show together. One of the beauties of of not having a um, must-do-everyday radio program. Correct, Pat? I mean, I guess. I I mean, I guess it would be great if you were also paying attention to the show. No, I, you know, I, I do pay attention to the show. I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> on that wonderful Friday note, uh, do not forget you can follow us on social media. I'm at The Coffin Show. He's at The Pat Oni Show. And, of course, become a critical thinker. Criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe. $5 a month, $45 a year. That's right. If you're doing the math at home, that's four months for free if you do the annual subscription. We have a lot coming your way um, that we are going to be announcing in that direction. And uh, yeah, it'll it'll be very interesting. Of course, you can always watch on Rumble if you are listening via podcast and you want to see our beautiful faces. Well, at least Pat's beautiful face, according to Pat, and, and, and my um, my handsome face, according to everybody else what everybody else in your head no just just uh, everybody else i've i've spoken to so everyone else in your head i i also speak to my wife and my parents and you speak to the voices in your head let's be honest let's move on Mm -hmm. besides i'm not joe biden i don't know that's true you are not joe biden we do have a lot to get into when it comes to joe biden um 
Because believe it or not, there's more than the insanity of the left's reaction to the draft decision. Again, I want to use these two words very clearly. Draft decision. This isn't the known likely outcome. This is something from February. Do we know in May that this is where this all stands? I have just two things I want to say on this topic before we move forward, because we also have to talk about the insanity of his posturing when it comes to uh, budgets and student loan debt. And we're going to talk about those two things as well as, of course, do the friar and uh, crown a brand new Richard of the Week. But I got to get these two things out of the way. Do you notice, Pat, not a single person on the left gives two craps about the actual leak of this story? Have you seen Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Jen Psaki, anybody condemning the leak of this from a major um, podium, if you will, right? Well, Any- well you see, I, I, I can count on, on one hand on how many people from the left um, actually care about this, this leaked decision. Oh, wait, no, I can't. It, it's funny because um, I, I am told all the time by this very same crowd, Democratic norms, brah, democratic norms, brah. This is a violation of all the norms of one of the three major branches of our government. Yet you don't care. So I don't want to hear another word out of the left's mouth about democratic norms. None. Period, point blank, none. You don't deserve to talk about democratic norms anymore. Because what is your quote-unquote solution? Literally blowing up all democratic norms. Packing the court, getting rid of the Senate filibuster, yada-da-da-da-da-da. We've heard all of that talk. Literally, Jen Psaki sat there, asked point-blank if they would condemn from the White House, the personal doxing of information on where these people live and protesting outside of their homes. It's one thing to protest outside the Supreme Court, march down the streets of D.C. or your hometown. Go for it. Protest away. I don't care. Well, I shouldn't say that. I do care if it's violent and if it's meant to harass and intimidate. Going to these people's homes, calling for protestation outside of their homes is a violation of every norm of our society. A violation of every norm of our society, just so we're clear on this. In that fact that they could not eat, how hard is it, Pat, to say no? This is not right. You want to protest? Protest. We're going to tell you that, you know, you can go ahead and protest. But doing this and intimidating the family and harassing family and all of these things? No. 
Well, they, they have every right to protest. Mm-hmm. They have every right to protest. But when you when you start doing this on, say, private property or someone else, someone's home, you start losing that right. You have the right to 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 publicly protest on public land. The moment you come onto my property, you lose that right. Mm-hmm. And what? And where is the denunciation of violence from the left? Where is it from Jen Psaki, Joe Biden, anybody who's gotten in front of a microphone in the past week to decry the the uh, debasement and all this other stuff, right? The dignity and blah 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 that we heard from Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and this, that, and the other thing, right? More importantly, where is the unity that um, Joe Biden promised us when he was elected president? Where is that exactly? Uh, uh, Pat, that was a lie. Are, are you sure? Yeah, it was a lie from the very get-go. Yeah. But I yeah, just wanted really to get those... I want you... Crystal clear thinking process here. There's no... There's no denunciation, no condemning of the violence that has been perpetrated by the left on pro-life people and cities all across this country. From the far-left activists, the uh, pro-abortion Nazis, and the Antifa crowd. How hard is it to say no? Violence is wrong. How hard is that? You have a bully pulpit as a president and the press secretary, and you can't possibly condemn that? You can't possibly condemn the personal attacks? I I don't get it. I really... Oh, wait. Yes, I do get it. It it turns out that um, they actually believe in this stuff. It turns out that... um, they want this to sow the seeds of what? Chaos again. It's the same playbook as we saw in the summer of BLM. Sowing the seeds of chaos. Don't fall for it. Because while all that chaos is going on, we have Joe Biden, his administration, and the leftists in Congress and the Senate attempting to ram through multiple bills when it comes to spending that will forever alter the ties that bind us. We had Joe Biden telling us about the extremists from MAGA. Meanwhile, Pat, Tim Ryan, a senator from the great state of Ohio, correct? Uh, He's a a house rep, I thought. Oh, excuse me, House Representative from the great state of Ohio, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is pretty red these days. Um, I mean, it's voted Republican. Yes, it's voted Republican. How many times in a row now? And it wasn't even close either time. I mean, it's traditionally a red state. It went blue during the uh, Barack Obama era. Mm hmm. Um, twice, by the way. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's traditionally a red state. Its legislature is currently red. That's more than I can say for its governor's office right now, though. Great. But so. Tim Ryan, o- over the weekend, 
or not weekend. Um, I think it was on special report with Brett Bear. Um, was asked point blank about restrictions on abortion. His answer was to evade that question completely until literally Brett Bear said, "So no restrictions, no nothing on abortion." The position of the Democratic Party when it comes to abortion, their platform, the thing that Joe Biden ran on in 2020, by the way, still in their platform. No restrictions at all, ever. That is the extreme position when it comes to abortion. Because they they love to point to the top line numbers, right? Well, the American public support abortion rights. Do they? Because when they actually get down or they support Roe versus Wade, do they? Because when you ask them about the constitutionality of the decision of Roe versus Wade, two different stories emerge. One, they don't believe that that was a right decision. Number two, the vast majority of people in America support what? Restrictions on abortion. So the Democratic Party is out of step in its own platform with the rest of the American people. But but I but we heard our president get up and talk to us about the the most extreme political faction in the history of the United States of America, MAGA. And then had the gall to lecture us on this, excuse me, on this pat, on this. Let me remind you again, I reduced the federal deficit. All the talk about the deficit from my Republican friends, I love it. I reduced it $350 billion in my first year in office. And we're on track to reduce it by the end of September by another $1,500,000,000, the largest drop ever. I don't want to hear Republicans talk about deficits and their ultra-mega agenda. I want to hear about fairness. I want to hear about decency. I want to hear about helping ordinary people. Decency? Fairness? Where, where has that been exactly from this administration? Where? It hasn't. He talks about decency and fairness right after he's the ultra MAGA agenda. I want to know what the ultra MAGA agenda is. This is their whoever whoever is coming up with this political strategy heading into the twenty twenty two midterm elections. I want to know who this is because it is the dumbest idea I have ever. Uh, I take that back. It is the dumbest national political next to the um, census cowboy here in Chicago. Probably the second dumbest thing I have ever heard overall from a, a leftist politician. Who, who's coming up? You, the ultra MAGA agenda. Like, it's very clearly the political talking point that they're going to try to use heading into the midterm election, right? They're, they're, they're steering in that direction. The ultra MAGA, the ultra MAGA. They're trying to hang, what, Donald Trump around the neck of the GOP heading into this midterm election. It is their Hail Mary because we've all seen the polls, right? We've all 
seeing where this is going in November. At a minimum, we're likely looking at 30 to 40 seats changing hands in in the House. At a minimum, we're likely looking at four or five, if not 10, seats changing hands in the Senate. And at a, if the Democrats are not careful in their messaging, you could lose 70 seats in the House. And in which case, guess what happens, Pat? You virtually have a veto-proof majority in both houses. That's what's at stake. Notice that messaging, right? The ultra-MAGA agenda. It's dumb. What what the hell is the ultra-MAGA agenda? I want to know what that is. They haven't clearly defined it. I think, honestly, though, if you ask them, you know what they're going to say. Well, I want to know what it is because um, I don't even know what the GOP stands for. It's it's anybody that either supports Donald Trump or just opposes Joe Biden. I mean, like those 22 people that were endorsed by Donald Trump who won primary elections on Tuesday? Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Now, I'm not saying they're good or bad or indifferent. I'm just saying that that, that the, leaning into this is the dumbest thing the Democrats could possibly do. Because what is it really doing? It's, number one, it's, activating the GOP base even more than it's already activated. But you're also alienating that side of the country. Bingo. That activates them even more. Mm-hmm. Makes it almost impossible for you to work together on anything. Mr. I got everything done you know, blah, 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 I work together, blah, 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 right? But Mr. I promise unity, yeah. Mm -hmm. More importantly, did you catch the absolute insane part of all of this? Not just the ultra-MAGA agenda um, talking point that's going to come from the left, but the assertion that he is fiscally responsible because that's exactly what he is attempting to sell to the American people. Now, Pat, again, we're on track to cut the federal deficit by another $1.5 trillion by the end of this fiscal year. The biggest decline ever in a single year ever in American history. Is that true? No. Actually, it is. Is it really? Mm-hmm. They are, yep. They are set to decline the federal deficit by $1.5 trillion. Except that it's missing a whole hell of a lot of context. Oh boy, please, please, please do tell. Because what if I told you that in fiscal year 2021, um, and in fiscal year 2020, more importantly, um, they spent $3.1 trillion as the federal government. I mean, a lot of that was COVID-related, right? Ah, which was what, Pat? Um, there was a T word I'm looking for. Uh, Temporary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <clears throat> yes, they reduced the deficit in his first year by $350 billion. That's also true. Mm-hmm. 
except there's some numbers we need to know about. Because the annual budget deficit, according to Reason, which is the gap between how much the government is collecting in its tax revenue and how much it is spending, went from $900 billion in 2019. So pre-COVID, right? Yep. Okay. They are projected to have a budget deficit post-COVID, right? Because we have not in this fiscal year had any extra stimulus spending on COVID-19, correct? So far, but yeah. 1.4 trillion. So you went from, uh, what, 900 billion Mm -hmm. pre-COVID to 1.4 trillion? Carry the one divided by, that is a 500 billion dollar increase in our budget deficit from pre to post COVID. Now, that budget deficit was 3.1 trillion in 2020 and 2.8 trillion. Now, the White House is expecting that deficit for the current fiscal year, which does end in September, by the way, to come in at about 1.3, 1.4 if you count the, um, I think it's the Center for uh, uh, Federal, uh, I forget what it is. It's crfb.org. It, it is a phenomenal um, um, place. But anyway, I, I love going there because they, they have these great charts that break things down. But anyway, um, so I want you to, to think about that. So, yes, relative to last year, it's true. The budget is de- the deficit has declined by about a trillion and a half dollars. Um, now that we know what has happened in 2019 and in 2022, does that seem like a good thing, Pat? That that, that, are, that we're at 1.4 trillion? Uh, no, no, because doesn't that uh, just add to our debt? Now, what if I also told you that? Prior to COVID-19, the largest deficit, the largest budget deficit in American history was $1.4 trillion. I mean, it's certainly possible. Because that's exactly what it was. In the year 2009, in the middle of another <clears throat> fiscal crisis. So, to put this in perspective, the line that we're supposed to believe from Joe Biden is that we're supposed to congratulate him for what? All that temporary spending going bye-bye? And then we're supposed to congratulate him for only having the largest budget deficit in American history. So, so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so what you're saying is, Not only do we have the largest budget deficit in American history, but he's trying to take credit for uh, reducing that deficit because they got rid of some temporary spending. Mm -hmm. Or, Mm -hmm. no, Mm -hmm. they didn't even get rid of the temporary spending. The fact of the matter is they haven't been able to do the the, the additional temporary spending because 
if, if Build Back Better had passed already, they'd be spending more money, and we would have already added to that budget deficit. So no, you no, can't, you can't even claim this anymore. Now we also know what Joe Biden is looking at about a trillion and a half dollars worth of um, student loan debt cancellation, which yep. would further balloon our our federal budget deficit. Correct. Uh, and it would contribute to inflation, but yeah. So he would double the deficit. Correct. Yes. Back up to $3 trillion, by the way, in one fell swoop. Now, technically, Pat, this is not the largest deficit because you have to take into the account the COVID-19 deficits, right? So technically, right. he would go from the largest to the second largest to the fourth largest budget deficit. We're, we're supposed to congratulate him. Now, the the Center f um, for Responsible Fiscal Budgeting, or whatever it's called, the CRFB, um, <clears throat> guess what, Pat? It is projected out according to current budget uh, numbers from the... the um, uh, what is it? The... Not the OMB, but you know what I'm talking about the, uh, the, 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 the one that scores the budget. Yeah. Uh huh. What is it called again? I have no idea. Shoot, 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 shoot. But anyway, um, the budget is projected within the next ten years to have a deficit of over a trillion dollars every single year. Over the course of the next 10 years. And only a fraction of it. Is current law. And by a fraction. I mean less than 10%. On any given fiscal year. To the point where in 2032. We are at. 2 trillion dollars. In a budget deficit. And by the way. It's, a, it's the CBO. The Congressional Budget Office. That we're talking about um, when they mm -hmm. score it. If you and this is from reason, if you look at the actual budgetary baselines published by the CBO, that is the ongoing amount of annual federal spending absent any emergency stimulus bills like the ones passed on several occasions during the height of the pandemic. Biden has overseen a notable noticeable increase in the deficit above pre pandemic baselines. According to the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, and that's what um, CRFB is, um, Biden's policies will have added about $2.5 to the deficit over the next 10 years. Hmm. All he is doing is taking credit for the emergency spending not being on the budget anymore. That's it. Otherwise, he is in charge of the most spending ever done in the history of the United States of America. If you were to just take those anomalous years out, it is the largest. Well, right now, the second largest, but could end up being the largest based off of projections. 1.3 to 1.4. If it's 1.4, it's the largest. If it's 1.3, it's the second largest.
Now, the ironic part here is the uh, the the um, the committee for um, responsible federal budget had this to say. Quote, it is wonderful to have a president in the White House who acknowledges the importance of fiscal responsibility. Now we need more policy choices to back that up. (laughs) So when Biden's talking about these things, this is your counter to that. Congratulations. You did nothing. And um, you've actually increased the deficit from pre-pandemic levels to post-pandemic. This is this is insane. But 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 you know what would just solve this problem, Andrew Coppins? Do, do, do you know what would solve this at the end of the day? If if the uh, ultra rich would just pay their fair share. Oh, if those ultra MAGA extremists, yeah. oh. they just pay their they just pay their fair share. By the way. Um, they're also getting away with an accounting trick in the budget that oh he boy. proposed. Uh-huh. Because um, guess what's in the budget? Mm, I'm, I'm assuming some spending on something that we're not going to like. Um, his Build Back Better plan. Oh, is oh. Is in the budget. But. You mean, you mean but, that but, plan that I just said that would cost us more money? That plan? It, that one here's how he's getting away with this mm-hmm. it's just a footnote in his budget so it doesn't actually have a line item or anywhere so that 1.4 trillion dollars if they were to include build back better in that budgetary plan right if they were to do that separate from the budget because the budget and the deficit are two different things right if they were to do that, it is estimated to cost us at least another what? One to three trillion, depending on the the whatever's put in there, on an annual basis. So in that case, we're talking about the potential for somewhere between two point four to four trillion in a budget deficit. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's really going I, for broke here. So we're we're being lectured on fiscal responsibility from one of the most fiscally irresponsible presidents of all time. Any like way you I slice said. it, any way you slice it. Okay, great. You went from the second worst, um, you know, fi- uh, deficit to the fourth. I'm supposed to congratulate you for that. Talk to me when you go below the pre-pandemic levels. Talk to me when you do that. More importantly, talk to me when you can balance a dang budget, which we haven't done since the Clinton administration. Like I said, he's going for broke, or rather just going broke. Yep, but the brokenness from Joe Biden is not done. As I said, when I uh, um, when this hit, as I was getting on the plane to go down to Alabama, um, this is about a lot more than abortion. 
I hadn't read the whole opinion at that time. But this reminds me of the debate with Robert Bork. Bork believed the only reason you had any inherent rights was because the government gave them to you. If you go back and look at the opening comments of the Bork Biden when I was questioning him as chairman, I said, I believe I have the rights that I have, not because the government gave them to me, which you believe, but because I'm just a child of God. I exist. I delegated by joining this union here to delegate some obligation, some rights I have to the governments for, for social good. Mr. Padroni, you have your hand up. I'm calling bullshit on all of that. First of all, he didn't read that. He didn't read the opinion. There's no way he read the opinion. He, he, it was an apt time for him when he was going down to Alabama. There was no way that he, he stayed up to read that opinion. No way. And let alone, even if he did, would he have remembered it? Secondly, there is no way that he believes that rights don't come from government. There is no way that he doesn't believe that. He absolutely believes it. That is a that, that whole line about rights come because he's a child of God is a line of crap coming from him. Yeah, and then um, secondly, Pat, um, that in that fifty-second clip, right, is liberation theology one hundred and one. If you want to know what liberation theology is, it's that. <clears throat> because notice what he said. Government exists to do the social good. Mm-hmm. Liberation theology believes what? Government should be providing for the social good. All, but liberation theology also believes in what? that it should be done through the church, right? The teachings of the church should be done through government, basically. Okay, I know that's a really simplistic definition of liberation theology, but this is what it looks like in practice. Somebody who thinks that social good, not social justice, but the social good, the fabric of our, our society, shouldn't be done through things like the church and charity and responsibility of yourself, but the the push of that concept onto the government, the delegation of your social responsibility to your fellow man, to the government. And one of the things that I think a lot of people in the pro-life movement miss when it comes to the argument over abortion is this. They want to argue or talk about, well, we do pregnancy centers, adoption, da-da-da-da-da, right? What they also miss is highlighting all of the social good that is done through church, charity, all of those types of things, right? Right. (coughs) Throughout the life of the child or the lives of the poor or the lives of this or the lives of that, right? Because the argument from the the extreme abortion crowd the the sickness that comes from that is you you only care about the unborn you don't care about them the rest of their lives 
except for all the things that the Catholic Church does, right? The soup kitchens, the the um, the community outreach, all of the things that happen throughout the lives, right? From literally the point of birth to death. And you never bother to highlight that. You want to argue over the rest of it. Tell them to take a flying leap when it comes to that. Look at the billions and billions and billions of dollars. The Catholic Church, your church, um, you know, all the the evangelical churches that, that do charity work, all of the things that they do throughout the year to do things for the whole life of people. Notice that comes from Joe Biden at the behest of government delegation, right? I'm delegating my responsibility, my social responsibility, because that's what we're taught as Catholics, by the way, that we do have a social responsibility, a responsibility to tithe and be charitable to our community, to be responsible to our community through our faith and through works of our faith, right? That's what we're taught. But he wants to delegate that to the government. He wants no responsibility for himself or anybody else doing anything for anybody else in their community. No, no, no. I'm going to pay pay the piper, pay into the government, and the government will do it for me. No. Get off your ass and do it yourself. Because I do it every year. I volunteer uh, to to help at homeless shelters or to help when um, in packaging food and things like that for um, for food banks and and all sorts of stuff. Do it every year. I give money to Catholic charities and and all of those things because I know that they're going to do the right work. But I don't see Joe Biden doing anything of his own volition, anything of his own to help anybody except for himself and his family. But he wants the the liberation theology of delegate all of my social responsibility to the government and they'll do it for me. How convenient. So if, if you want to go down that road, it, it, it's just the lies. I just, the the contempt, like, it's not even a white lie, right? It's not even a little, it is just utter contempt. Like, I'm, I'm just going to go up here and tell you a lie straight to your face and expect you to believe it and then continue to lie to you over and over and over and over and over and over again. I, I just... I just, this is the sickness, right? How do we get to the point, I don't know if you saw this picture of this woman this week, Pat, holding up a sign that says, I wish my mother had aborted me in front of the Supreme Court. That would mean you wouldn't be alive, by the way. Yeah. So that that, that makes zero sense. Yeah, I 
It makes zero sense to me. But let's go ahead and move on. Um, you know, we were going to talk about the uh, student debt situation, um, but I think we should probably save it. Um, we'll save it for Monday. We'll save it for Monday because I, because here's the deal, right? We don't know if this is even something that's going on, and Nancy Pelosi is sure as hell bent out of shape over the suggestion that Joe Biden's going to do this. That's the purview of Congress. She doesn't want it done because why? Because she would get her ass handed to her even worse in the midterm election. Is she even running, by the way? Everybody has to run. Every two years. Well, I know that, but but there was rumor that she wasn't going to run this time around at one point. You think she's given up her power? No. She'll hold but... onto that gavel until the day she's dead. I mean, she's in her 80s for Pete's sakes, so but she'll die in office. You're right. But with that, um, why don't we play the B or not the B? Let's do it. All right. With that being said, I am ready for today's headline. Yes. Things more effective than the COVID vaccine. Things more effective than the COVID vaccine. Is this the B or not the B? Um, And folks, if you haven't yet, uh, you can go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com now. And you can slowly start ordering some some coffee again. Um, I don't know when it'll get to you, but he is at least somewhat back up and running there. Um, thank you to all those that went to funly.com and, and to help out DM and his family get back on their feet um, and uh, hopefully get their lives back in, in the, uh, I guess, not so near his future, but, but somewhat near future, and <clears throat> to get American Pride Roasters back online. So thank you for all who do who did that. Um, you can go and support them by going to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That is AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Things more effective than the COVID vaccine. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew Coppins, your answer. This is the Babylon B because it's probably seven things, 10 things, 11 things. It's 25. Okay, we're not going through all 25. Oh, uh, that's fine. But, we we uh, don't got that kind of time. I, I know, but, but but are you ready? Number one, CNN Plus. Okay. Uh, telling your wife to calm down. Uh, no firearms allowed sign. <laughs> Simply walking into Mordor. Wuhan lab safety protocols. Amber Heard's publicist. Doom. Uh, voting Republican in California. By the way, um, uh, back to Amber Heard real quick. Can, can yeah. Is there anybody having a worse week than her? Or a month? I don't Yikes. think so. Uh, True Social, by the way, is on there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, defund the police movement. Parenting teens. Trump spray tan. <laughs> Jeez. Pelosi's facelifts, uh, Kamala Harris, and uh, defund the police movement. We'll leave it at that. Wow. Alrighty then. <sighs> We're going to move on because it's time to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. Are you ready for that?
And if you weren't, I gave you about 10 seconds to get ready. No, oh, well, I, I've got them. I've got them. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. This week's Richard of the Week nominees. We have Elizabeth Warren for her remarks on Roe versus Wade. We have Amanda Duarte, which if you didn't listen to uh, WTF Wednesday, we did feature her then. Um, she's also said some bat crap crazy stuff since then. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, most of it's for her comments on Roe versus Wade as well. Um, we also have Joe Biden for everything that we just featured in the first half of the show here. Um, and <clears throat> we have Jen Psaki. Uh, oh, no. Not Jen Psaki. Um, we have Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jen Psaki's an honorable mention, but... but uh, yeah. yeah, she was a special kind of ornery this week. So, so um, um, who are you thinking here, Pat? It's still hard to beat out war crimes... There's still a war going on in Ukraine. So I guess we got to go with Vladimir Putin again. But we're inching closer and closer to, to knocking him off that pedestal, aren't we? I I certainly hope so. Because here's the thing. The longer this has been going on, the worse it is for him and his victory, right? Also, the worse it gets for the idea that um, they don't go nuclear. By the way, if you if you're listening to some of the military experts, um, and by military experts, I mean like ex Navy SEALs, people who have actually been on the ground and actually understand some of this stuff, the risk of this increases almost daily, because. Putin needs this win because it, it's it's about two things. Ethnic Russians, right? Why? Because in Russia, their birth rate is decreasing astronomically. So he has less and less people, less and less resources, less and less than this. So if they can add and add and add, right, artificially add. So that's part of the desperation here. But if he's not winning on the ground, what what are his possibilities considering the amount of troops they've lost, right? They're lo they're hemorrhaging troops. That's the reality. Well, where do they go? What do you do? The desperation to win this war. That should have technically they should have won this war what, 2 months ago at this point. This should have been over in two weeks. This should have been us marching to Baghdad, right? It should have been over. Except for it's not. I, I do have a question there, though. Is Putin an, um, enough of a madman that he would go nuclear in Ukraine? That's the question. We don't know his mental state right now. We don't know where he's at because a lot of people believe that he is very sick. Um, like health-wise. So does he not see this as one final desperate act to uh, save Mother Russia? 
We don't know. Well, I, but I mean, but I'm telling you right now, the experts are not poo-pooing the idea. Okay, mm-hmm. um, multiple people, not just one crackpot or one individual. Um, in fact, I, I would highly recommend this. Go to um, go to Glenn Beck's show from Wednesday. Um, check out the third hour. They they had um, best-selling author Jack Carr on. Jack Carr, former Navy SEAL. Um, one of the best thriller writers right now, by the way, um, out there. Mm. My, my wife loves his books. Um, but um, they had him on to talk about the situation in Russia. Listen to what he has to say. It should scare the bleep out of you. Just listen. And with that, um, you want to go to the fryer? Let's go to the fryer. All right. Let's do it. First headline, please. All righty then. Corinne Jean-Pierre to replace Jen Psaki as White House press secretary. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Corinne surrenders Jean-Pierre to replace Jen Psaki as White House press press secretary. There, I fixed it. Say what? I I put surrender as her nickname in the uh, why because it's a French name. But she's not French. I don't know. I just I just thought it'd be funnier. But um, why is this in the fryer? Andrew Coppins is she not worse than Jen Psaki? Based off of her past performances, when Jen Psaki has been out, mm-hmm. yes. And, um, I mean, it's comedy gold for us, I guess, but, uh, how bad is this really going to get? It's going to get to the point where SNL is going to have to make fun of her. Well, (laughs) um, that, that's probably true. Here's the other thing, because like, there's lots of other like news outlets that's saying like, you know, the first openly gay black woman to be the white house press is that why she was put into this by the way i don't know i don't want to go down that road i don't care because that's stupid if it if it is just well, you know that's part of the equation you always know that you always right. know that with the left pat but mm-hmm. i don't give a bleep i really don't I, this is not something that we have to stop caring about this because here's the reality of the situation the left's going to do this all the time this is the first this the first that whatever Show me somebody who's competent at that job. The last time I saw that, by the way, Dana Perino. Some almost 20 years ago at this point. Hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Name another one that was any good. Uh, you didn't like McElhaney? No. You didn't like uh, Huckabee Sanders either? No. I didn't think they were that good at their jobs. I really didn't. Because, I mean, I guess because all they them, all they did true. was was play foil, right? That's true. But I guess if you compare them to uh, what's his bucket, uh, Sean Spicer, sure, anybody's right. better than him or Scaramucci. I I understand that, but take a look at them versus Dana Perino, and, and tell me, Fair enough. tell me who who's got the goods. Ready for your next one? Sure. 
uh, Mayorkas admits DHS chose disinfozar without knowing about her social media videos. Say what? So you remember uh, what's her what's her bucket? Um, the uh, Nina Jankowitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nina Jankowitz. I could. <laughs> Nina Poppins Jankowitz. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you remember that when we covered that last week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, uh, Mayorkas admits the DHS chose her without knowing about her social media videos. See, for me, I don't give a crap about her social media videos. I really don't. What I give a crap about is the fact that they show her own personal bias. Well, that's that, that's that, that's a fair point, and that's all. That, well that's and good. the point. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> who but gives a crap really if they know me? or don't know about her? It's do you understand the person that you are hiring for this job literally has believed in two of the biggest bullcrap conspiracy theories of the last half a century in American history: the Steele dossier and and Hunter Biden's laptop not being true. That's it. That's all that matters. If you can't figure that out, you didn't vet. I mean, is that not more or less what he's admitting to, though? No. Just because they didn't check her social media. She has literally said it in interviews before. She has literally said it. Oh, that's true. So why are you not asking her those questions? You didn't vet her at all. Mm -mm. You Oh, Oh, she wrote a best-selling book on disinformation. You know what? Michael Knowles wrote a best-selling book as well on how to reasons to vote for Democrats. And it was completely blank. Does that make him an expert on democratic politics? Some would argue yes. However, probably not. It's satire, bro. I am aware of that, bro. <laughs> I just I'm so I just, I'm so done with the, well, you didn't know about her social media. Who gives a flip about her social media videos? Because the social media videos that we have, Pat, are just Mm -hmm. her singing stupid show tune crap, right? About disinformation or this or that. Her actual words tell us she believes in things that are utterly untrue. That's the important part of all of this. She believes in things that are false and has promulgated that disinformation or misinformation or, here's another word, untruth, time and time again. She is in charge of telling us what is and isn't true, yet she can't do that in her own life. That's all that matters. None of the rest of this. That's all a distraction from the reality of the fact that she, in her own life, cannot disseminate what is true and untrue. And yet we're going to have her telling us what is true and untrue from a foreign government. She is Eric Swalwell of disinformation. For all we know, she probably will get tripped up by some Chinese spy wooing her in it with show tunes. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on this week. Well, uh, don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And uh, Joe Biden's going for broke while going broke. So let's go, Brandon.
please be smart, be safe, be kind, have yourselves a great weekend, and always, Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.